Hello and welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Stephen Borden. Over the next while, we're going to talk to former Leinster captain Chris Pym. On the show this week, we preview the Champions Cup final between Ronan O'Gara's La Rochelle and Toulouse. We analyse Leinster's Rainbow Cup win over Ulster and Connacht's impressive win over Munster in Thoman Park. James Cronin is to depart Munster while Connacht's Stephen Fitzgerald is being forced to retire at the age of 25. We discussed that. And we chat about fans being allowed back into stadiums air sport wrapping up at the end of the season and the future of rugby broadcasting and we talk about Australia's bid for the 2027 Rugby World Cup Chris Pym, Chris how are you? Good yeah, nice to see you Stephen, all good We're enjo- week weather yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, help keep the dust down Absolutely, you beat me too I was going to say and you were enjoying our lovely summer weather um, mm. Yeah, there's a lot of puddles around this morning now when I was out running, um, places that usually wouldn't see puddles. Uh, but that's uh, on account of all that rain, of course. Chris, uh, it's a, a quite-ish week in terms of rugby. Now, there's always bits of news happening as well. Um, but there I am saying it's a quite weekend and with the Challenge Cup and Champions Cup finals taking place. But we don't really care anymore because there's no Irish teams involved, if we're being totally, totally honest. But in fairness... Uh, well, there's the Raj factor, of course. Yes. So that's, keeping us all, that's keeping us all tuned in. So, yeah, look, it'll be fascinating to see how that one goes. Um, I, I think... Oh, it's got a real tough to call. I mean, I think if you were to look at the two teams on paper, you'd say... Um, Toulouse have the better squad and bigger squad and possibly a little bit stronger but La Rochelle are definitely in a very hot vein of form Toulouse have lost their last two club games so um, you know it'll be there'll be nothing in it but I just have a sneaking suspicion that Raj might get them over the line with his um, you know his KBA keep the ball alive and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, no, it should be a really, really fascinating game. We're really looking forward to it, actually. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just a sneaking suspicion that um, La Rochelle may do it, but then you know you just can't write off to lose. They've got such class, and uh, with Kobe and Dupont, probably two of the best players in the world at the moment. So, absolutely, at nine, at fourteen and nine. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I'm the same. I mean, in terms of teams, they're the complete polar opposites. And they couldn't be further apart when it comes to European experience anyway, um, and yeah. that sort of pedigree as well. Um, but I just, Raj seems to be really confident. He was interviewed a lot during the week, of course, and the lead up to this as well. And he says even his managerial mindset has changed from the one that he had when he was a player. He used to talk about being so nervous for these European finals and these big games. But he says he's uh, himself in a better place uh, coming into games like this now as a manager. And I think he's able to get that across to the players as well. He's able to bring that experience of big games, whether it was for Ireland or for Munster in the two uh, Heineken Cup winning games uh, that they had. Um, and taking that into account and beating Leinster um, and the fact that La Rochelle is just, it's like someone described it as like Munster back in the noughties when they were winning the first Heineken Cups and there was a the build-up to that. Is that feeling uh, around La Rochelle? Um, everyone's getting behind the team and all that. And you can't underestimate that stuff either, Chris. I've seen it in action before, even with Leinster when uh, 
things started to build in 2008, 2009, and Leinster won that champ or Heineken Cup then as well. Um, it brings an awful lot to it and it gives the players such a boost as well. But then, like you said, you look at Toulouse, they're going for their fifth Heineken Cup, their fifth star, which Leinster don't want to see. Um, Colby, uh, DuPont, you know, nominated for European Player of the Year. Um, experience and just like I said, they're on the progression as well. They started to come back yeah, a couple of years ago and they're yeah. on an upward curve. Um, yeah, that's why it's going to be a fascinating game. Can La Rochelle just keep the momentum going? <laughs> what's going to happen? That's that's why I'm looking forward to it, like you. Yeah, no, it should be a cracker, it should be a cracker, and uh, yeah, be interesting to see. But yeah, I suppose as a Leinster man, we'd like to get to five before Toulouse do. So, <laughs> yeah, on that basis, we're going to give Raj our support this weekend absolutely it's uh we're all about the black and amber this weekend anyway from a rugby mm, point of view yeah so that match is on uh quarter to five um on saturday and it's available yeah. on bt sports virgin media and a couple of other channels as well so um plunk yourselves in front of the telly uh for that one um yeah so leinster chris are out of that, of course, and last week got a run out against Ulster in the Rainbow Cup. Um, did you watch the game? What do you think of I it? I did, yeah. I saw the well, I saw most of the well, I saw most of it, yeah. I missed the first 20 minutes, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was an interesting sort of game. You, you kind of was no team really kind of dominated. Um, Leinster hurried a lot of ball in the first half, but really didn't make a whole lot of use of it, but um. You know, they went kind of comfortably ahead then in the second half and you thought game over and then Ulster kind of got back into it with the last in the last couple of minutes and you know it was a little bit nervous there they possibly could have snuck a draw but um yeah look I think Munster or Leinster looked and um, while they didn't look comfortable um they did look like possibly the better team on the day. I was a little bit disappointed with the Ulster back line. Um didn't really click. I thought they'd been looking like a team that were really going to get their back line. Um, sorry. Their back line um, flying there for a while, but it just didn't quite come off for them. So, um, But yeah, look, it, was, uh, it was a good game. It was an interesting side Leinster picked. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah it was. James Ryan looked like a man possessed. Robbie Henshaw yeah, got yeah. through a lot of work as well. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of good individual performances i suppose and progression of all that as well and then with robbie henshaw's tackle which was a talking point as well um no contact with the head but then everyone was like saying well this is the real fine line between that safe play and all that stuff as well what did you think of it um yeah look it was it probably was touch and go but as somebody who played in the olden days i'd have probably have said it was grand <laughs> possibly can't politically say that anymore but um yeah look it was uh it um yeah i i actually thought it was grand i thought there was a bit of a fuss made over to be honest yeah. chest on chest sort of more than anything he did wrap his yeah. arms and there was no head contact really or even head on shoulder um yeah. and that so it was grand but of course everyone's going to get up in arms now because it's been yeah. watched like a hawk supporters and referees and everything it was checked by the ref and the tmo and of course not in canvas as well um yeah. yeah so leinster uh out again in 
next weekend, I think it is. Um, the other match, which is a cracker as well, Connacht Munster. Um, wow, yeah. Car- Carlo Man wearing the captain's armband for for that yeah. one. Tom Daly did a good job. Connacht were yeah. good. No, that was a good win. Good win. Yeah, really good. And uh, also, I mean, Munster had a lot of their their stars out there, so it was a bit of a kick in the face for them. And uh, you know, Mahoney got himself into spot of bother there. Um, arguing over stuff that really he should be big enough to uh, to get beyond. So, yeah, look, wasn't a great day for Munster. And, you know, I think it was probably an opportunity that um, to kind of stamp their authority on, on that league. But they got caught short, caught short there. And, uh, yeah, a good performance from Connacht, to be fair. Yeah, and Connacht, of course, hurting from their defeat to Leinster the week before. But do you think there was a bit of complacency with Munster going into it, or just? Yeah, you would Connacht? imagine so, given yeah. that I mean, Leinster put whatever it was fifty points on them, and uh, without playing particularly well. I mean, Connacht were shocking the previous week. Never really couldn't cope with it, the forward pack at all, and so it was really, really poor performance but they certainly turned it around and showed great energy and a great fight um so yeah look fantastic performance yeah um, absolutely and good for the game as well good for connacht to see them yeah. um not getting bet out the gate so yeah look super performance but yeah monster be as they say having to have a good look at themselves but yeah wasn't great and speaking of Munster and Connacht, uh, two players to depart um, with Connacht first, Stephen Fitzgerald has been forced to retire at 25 in knee injury. You know Stephen uh, a bit, Chris, don't you? Yeah, well, I don't know him that well, but I know Sam, my eldest lad, when he was out in Australia, he played with the Dennis Erasmus. He played with uh, Queensland University and Stephen was out there um, with Bond University um, playing in their premiership because I think he was struggling to get game time. With he would have been with the Monster Academy at the time, and Nusifora had sent him out there to what was an old club of his to try and get him game time because uh, it was just coming off. Obviously, would have been seasons would have been upset if you know what I mean. So they would have been coming into their season whereas our season was finishing, and they were keen to try and get him game time, but um. I'm not sure how well it went for him because Bond University were got absolutely pumped by Sam's team that week, and I think they got a good few beatings during that summer. So, um, yeah, uh, certainly Sam enjoyed it, but I'm not sure how much Stephen enjoyed it. But, yeah, look, sorry to see him um, broke up, as they say. You never want to see that, to be fair. Absolutely. Quite a young age to retire uh, yeah. as well. Um, James Cronin is to finish with Munster at the end of the season as well. Started with them in 2013. He's three Irish caps. Um, and of course, he was in, involved in a bit of controversy there at one stage as well. Um, the coach said, it looks, it, there was nothing officially said regarding finances and all, but his comment in a press conference was along the lines of, well, it's just the nature of the game and you know, I don't know, basically uh, resources um, and that at the moment. So it looks like they probably couldn't afford to keep them on. They're trying to save a few bob and cut here and there as well. Obviously, post-pandemic or coming to the end of the pandemic as well, for finances of all the clubs and rugby itself is all over the place. Yeah, no, difficult one there. And yeah, as you say, it was kind of involved in a 
what was thought from an admin point of view, disaster and PR disaster as to the handling of a prescription that he got before a game um, and mix up over names and all that kind of stuff. And it was all a little bit unsatisfactory, but I'm sure that had nothing to do with the decision around um, letting them go and stuff. I think they have a couple of young props coming through with Josh Richerly and the like. So it was a question of he was probably on a full contract, didn't read from an Irish perspective, didn't look like he was going to go through to, you know, get capped anymore. So, yeah, tough, tough decision. And that's the nature of professional sport. You know, there's very little sentiment there. So tough on him, but to be a I presume he'll stay playing. You expect him to turn up somewhere, maybe in France or uh, the UK, maybe second division or whatever next year. But yeah, good prop and well able to do his job. Now I know he struggled a bit with injuries, certainly in the middle part of the season. But um, yeah, who knows? But uh, I'd be surprised if we don't see him turn up somewhere over the next few couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, we're still talking about the lines. We're, we're getting ready for that series, of course, in uh, a matter of weeks now at this stage. Um, but they're going to play one of the games or one of the friendlies in Murrayfield and they're going to yeah. let 16,500 fans in for the Japan match. Happy days. Happy days. Just to start anyway. And there's, um, I think, is there 20,000 or is it 10,000 going to the European Cup game um, in Twickenham tomorrow as well? So. Yep. Um, yeah, no, so look, that's we're getting there, hopefully, getting this uh, virus under control. So, um, yeah, look, signs are good, and yeah, so far, so good. And there was a good few, was there 20,000 in Wembley last week for the FA Cup final? Yeah, and uh, you know, that certainly added a huge amount to the game. So, it's yeah, look, great to see uh, crowds back at games because you know, they're fairly sterile affairs you know how there's only so much piped sound you can put into a, a tv broadcast so when you're looking at empty seats it just doesn't have the same buzz so yeah look bring it on it's great and uh i suppose it's just unfortunate that there won't be crowds in south africa but you know it's six eight weeks away as well still so who knows things might might change between now and then there's, a, there's one thing that really confuses me about uh, playing rugby or soccer in an empty stadium is that the stadium announcers are still going full leg. Um, so when you're listening to the Leinster match, your man is giving it socks. The music comes on. Please, you know, welcome out onto the t- out onto the pitch, Leinster. Um, you're like. The, 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 the telly isn't even picking you up, know, so yeah. you know it's. Uh, it was, I always found it uh, sure, funny. Keeping your job, you know, it's all about yeah. saving jobs. Keep them in practice as well. Keep the old well, spirits yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just it's a funny one, um, and I get a giggle out of it every time. Um, mm. Yeah, no, it's great to have fans in Murrayfield, um, and a lot, of, like you said, the Champions Cup as well. We spoke about this a few weeks ago about the Champions Cup crowd. Uh, where were they going to come from? Probably just Londoners, um, rugby people. Yeah, well, I, I know the couple of lads, Sam's couple of mates were going over. He actually has an exam tomorrow, otherwise, he'd have gone himself. So they have a crew literally flying in for the day and flying out. They got some package. So, uh, look, they're they're finding them all right, they'll find them, they'll be there. Yeah, um, I don't, no problem finding room. Exactly. Yeah, there's a couple of Irish lads be there anyway. So, um, oh yeah, I don't know what way to go. They'll find them, Irish. Be well spread out. It's a big stadium. Um, 
Yeah, and so, some news from a, a broadcasting point of view as well. So we, we heard the news that Air uh, had confirmed that they wouldn't be covering rugby next season uh, because of rights and all that and the cost of uh, subscription and all that stuff. But they've confirmed now that their sports channels are going to wind up completely later in the year. So bringing basically to an end its, its venture, I suppose, into sports TV. Um uh, yeah, which means that the TV rights, I suppose, for the Pro 14 will go back out to auction. And there was talk of RTE, TG Carr, you know, that um, yeah. that sort of acts as uh, covering the games again from an Irish point of view as well. But uh, it's, it's, I suppose, to give air a bit of credit, Chris, that are quite a lot of games on and the show oh, yeah, plays in that as well. Their, their yeah. coverage of it, even under Satanta years ago, used to be great because if you missed the Leinster match or a Munster match, it was on the following morning at 11 o'clock on a Saturday or whatever it was. Yeah. You always got to catch up. Yeah, no, no, sorry to see him go and... Um... You know, I think Tommy Bow and as an anchor and, you know, the crew that they had on there, had Stringer and Darcy and whatever, that they, they, they'd done a good job and presented it well and came across well. So, um, yeah, look, I presume it's pure economics at this stage. The uh, sums weren't adding up, so they've just decided to pull the plug. But, yeah, it's disappointing, to be honest. And um, it'll be, uh, yeah, if, if RT, if it, it'd be interesting to see how RT package it, actually, whether... They just do the TG car piece or whether they'll put it back on on mainstream TV. So, look, that'll be a big part of it. So, but I think purely from a from a rugby brand point of view, um, you know, I think the TG car piece is, is weak enough. But I think certainly it'd be great if it was back on RTE, sort of on mainstream telly. But, um, look, yeah, time, time will tell. But... Yeah, disappointing. I'm sorry because yeah, Air had done a good job. They presented it well. I thought packaged it well and it came across quite well. So, yeah, I'm sorry yeah, to see it go. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of people always saying that when the matches are on TG Car, you know, the non Gale Gores of us, um, could they yeah. give us an option of a red button for yeah. the English? You know, they do it for BBC Alba in Scotland yeah. and and on uh, BBC Wales, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Don't great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm in your Gael, non Gael Gore camp as well. So I have my lady wife is a Gael Gore, so she thinks it's absolutely fine. But then she couldn't be she couldn't be arsed to watch the rugby in the first place. <laughs> but she can tell me what's going on. Uh, what did he say? Is that a knock on? I don't know. I couldn't hear. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Exactly. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. We'll, look, we'll see yeah. what that's it, but with 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 the I suppose the commercial model for sports broadcasting, Chris, starting to change. It's going to end up, and this was the worry with the Six Nations, back in the hands of the big spenders, the big money guys, the Sky yeah. Sports, and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, you just hope in future that there might be a free to air option for national broadcasters for the Pro 14. I don't know, maybe put some behind the wall or find some commercial model that'll work. But everything is tough now. Everything is streamed. You know, you can watch yeah. games anywhere. There's all these yeah. other streaming services as well. It's it's a really uh, competitive market at the moment. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's yeah, it's a different different world. That's for sure. Certainly to the one that I was reared in, where you had either two channel land, or if you're really posh, you had the BBC as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a different world. That's for sure. It's um, and so much of stuff is content is 
online available now and it's um yeah it's a different it's a different model altogether so but yeah look we would love to see some stuff just kind of back on the old um free to air i think it adds the game for everybody and gives accessibility to the game to everybody so that's it uh, Chris before I let you go Australia have launched their bid for the 2027 uh, Rugby World Cup um, that was the latest news announced this week um, which is not a bad idea ready made stadiums they've done it before handy yeah, enough yeah I mean Australian rugby is in absolute dire straits at the moment they've um, their own Tasman Trans Cup or whatever it is they're playing now against New Zealand all five of their of their provinces got absolutely whopped by the New Zealand provinces or super teams last weekend. And they just don't have the numbers playing the game because rugby league is so huge over there. The rugby union is really very much on the, uh, you know, on the back foot there. So I, I read a couple of articles there during the week about the kind of ex legends of, of, rugby union in australia and you know they just see the whole game is falling apart there and wow. there was a couple of guys sam that played with who got contracts um at the national level and the guys on academy contracts over here be on as much you know they just don't have the money and they've you know i think i can't remember there was like however many million they got from um doing well in the world cups and whatever and just um the last Lions tour and all this kind of stuff that apparently every penny of it plus however many million is gone and they're just giving out about the, how the game has been run and the model, the rugby union model is not working over there. So I suppose they desperately see the 20, is it the 2027 World Cup yep. as an opportunity to basically fill up the coffers again because they're just financially goosed. So it's kind of a uh, shit or bust for them, you know, because if the, they don't get this, it, it's hard to see how the game will come back out there. So we're a very tough time for Australia rugby, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, league is doing well and they've got their AFL as well, which is hugely yeah, course, followed out yeah. there too. There's yeah. a lot of football games uh, out yeah. there. They're trying to grow yeah. soccer as well. Um, and everything else. It's it's tough to see that happening to Rugby Union and there's a risk of it happening a lot of places as well. Um, yeah, no, no question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, that's it. That's our flick through the Rugby newspaper of the week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that we're, we're still looking forward to the Lions Tour. A couple of more weeks of the Rainbow Cup to go um, and uh, we'll have a chat next week about how Raj got on um, with La Rochelle yeah. against Toulouse. Uh, fingers yeah. crossed and the best of luck to him as well from an Irish point of view. Chris, thanks a million for talking absolutely. to us. Pleasure, Stephen. No worries. Talk to you soon. Cheers. That was former Leinster captain Chris Pym. I'm Stephen Byrne and that's it from the Knock on Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby and of course if you're into your GAA we've got the Clash Act podcast, all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.